and welcome to episode number nine of Between Sermons. We're so glad you're here today uh, as we continue the conversation from Sunday's message. Now, you don't have to have uh, been a part of our church or have even listened to the message from Sunday to get something out of this podcast. Uh, really, what we're trying to do is just continue the conversation, turn what uh, kind of feels like a monologue uh, on Sunday mornings when you're just preaching to a crowd and turn it into a dialogue, turn it into an actual conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. And so if you miss the message, you want to hear it, though. Uh, there will be a link to it in the description. Uh, but today, I get to hang out with my wife. Yes, which is always fun. which is always both a combination of uh, a good thing and a dangerous thing. Uh, anytime you and I go. are just, just alone go. in a room, it's, <laughs> it can be very dangerous. <laughs> uh, but I'm excited because uh, we get to talk about something that um, I, I really I think you have done an amazing job of this uh, in our home. And so I can't wait to get into some of the details of like with our kids and, and different things. But the the starting point for this conversation is we're talking about faith at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really, I think the starting point is what does faith look like in private? Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's one thing to confess Jesus and, and go to church and sing when there's a room full of people uh, and kind of almost, I hate to say it this way, but put on like the Christian show. Right where it's, you got your your Christian mask on, this is your your persona here at church. I think it's even to a degree, it's easy to do that at work, where it's you know you're the Christian in the office. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what what happens with your faith when it's just it's just you and God? Uh, and so I'd love to kind of talk about that a little bit. What, what are your thoughts? I think that this is honestly the most important thing that that you need in your life because it is where the base of your Christianity really is. You know, because you cannot exhibit faith at work, or faith, at church, or faith, anywhere else, if it doesn't start first privately, if it's not something that you truly have when nobody else is watching. Mm -hmm. You know, you can pretend to be, or you can try and be, but the true love for God has to come from a place of you and God only. You know, and then, yeah, you can can go to church and and be with other people and, and... corporately worship God because that is biblical, like we, mm-hmm. we're supposed to, you know, and yeah, you can go into the world and at work and, and everywhere that you go to, you know, to the grocery store or anywhere else, uh, and you can be uh, the light that we are supposed to be because that is also biblical. But the way that you get there has to happen in private. It has yeah. to happen when it's just you and God, when it is you and your Bible, when it is yeah. you and, and and worship music with nobody else singing but you. You yeah. know, I think that we all need to base our relationship with God in the one-on-one that we have with him. Yeah, there, there's a there's an authenticity yeah. uh, to your faith when it is it is the same in private. Yeah, uh, like I, I think the, the one of the biggest compliments I, I ever receive as a pastor is when somebody says, "I know you off the stage." And I see you on the stage, and I love the fact that there's no difference between it's the, the two. Same person. It's the same person, and and this is almost even taking it to the next extreme of that because even when I'm on off of the stage, I'm still around people, like people are still looking, and and I know that they're watching, and so it almost kind of gives you this extra incentive to like be on your best behavior, mm-hmm. right? But what does that actually look like when when it's an isolation. I think that's where authentic faith is, is really built and born. That yeah. uh, w- what are you like uh, when when there isn't somebody watching you? Maybe maybe it's it, there are people there, but it's just your kids or it's just your husband, and it, it's like, hey, we already know that this is a different space, and so I can get away with more. And I think that with with uh, when it comes to kids and and spouses. Or just you know the family dynamics for 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 the ones that are kids, uh, their parents, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is so vital because I have uh, heard so many people saying, "You hypocrite," Oof. you know, yeah. like like all of the people at church, they know like you're so kind and you serve and stuff, but here at home, you're not mm-hmm. like that, yeah. you know, and and. That is something that I never want my kids to think about. Yeah, like it, I don't never want them to be like, well, yeah, they are the pastors at church, yeah. right? But when you we, see them at home, but when we're home, yeah. it's a whole different yeah. thing. You know, when it's just the five of us, though, you should see what they say yeah. and what they do, yeah. uh, the way that they treat each other. Like yeah. I never want that to happen. Not just with yeah. other people, but the people that are closest to me, yeah. that they will be able to see that there's no difference. That the same thing that I am 
preaching on the stage is yep. the same thing that I am doing at home. And it yep. is the same thing that I am doing when we are on vacation. And that's yep. the same thing that I'm doing if people see or they don't see. Yep. Because I don't want to be the hypocrite, you know. Yep. And, and I have heard that and I have experienced that, you mm -hmm. know, like even... Even growing up, like the whole you're fighting all the way to church and then you get church and <laughs> yeah. and it's like everybody fix your face and we're happy. And then yeah. they're like, oh, we're so glad to be here. And then you receive a hug and you're like, really, dude, like you're really calling me right now. Yeah. You know, like it's you don't you never want that. You yeah. never want to experience that. You never want to do that yeah. because I think that more than helping anybody, you're hindering your kid's faith. You know, you, yeah. you, you're, you're showing them that it's okay to have that duality when it shouldn't be. Yeah. It, it's kind of like this idea of if, if you were to, to be talking about your faith, if there's somebody that knows you really well, are their eyes going to roll? Exactly. Right? Like, like for me, it's, it's like, it's not a fear because I, I know how I'm living my life in private. But uh, like, if I'm, if I'm on the stage and I'm telling the congregation, hey, you need to be reading your Bible every day. And my son's on the front row going, I don't think I've ever seen my dad even open a Bible if it wasn't on Sunday. Like, yeah. ouch. And like, that goes with everything. Because yeah. I have heard people, right, uh, talk about a person and just saying, you know, like, I cannot stand this person. Like, they are, oh, they, are they are awful. <laughs> like, they're just so entitled, so this, so that. And then all of a sudden, they see that person, they're like, brother! You know, you're like, best friend. I missed you so much. I love you. You're uh, the where greatest. Where did that come from? Yeah. Right? And and that is the same thing that happens with us and God. Like, like yeah. when we are not living that life and then we just come to him and we're like, oh, we love God. It's like, where did that come from? Yeah. Like, that's not that's not real. Yeah. And we need to have a real relationship with God. That's yeah. that's what we need to do in order for everything else to fall into place for us to to be able to get to the point that we want to speak about him at work. Right. That we want to to show people how he has transformed our lives when we are on vacation, when we are uh, you know, on our leisure time. Like all of that is gonna happen only if the true and the true sense of who we are, we really are connected with God. Right. Yeah, I, I think the best way you can describe it is uh, all of this has to be uh, an overflow. Mm -hmm. Right. So like the, the way you're interacting with your kids, the way you're interacting at work, the way you're acting at church, the way you're acting in the community, all of it should come from an overflow of what yes. God's doing in your personal life. Yes. Uh, and I, I would just I would just say, like, I, I want to make sure that people don't hear us saying you have to be perfect. No. Right. Because that, that's not even realistic, right? Like the struggle is real. Like, mm -hmm. and I, I think it's, it's, it is okay to say, Hey, you should be reading your Bible every day while also saying I've missed the last three days. Like I, I need to fix that. Or I, I need yeah. to do something about that. Like, I think sometimes we, we fear being this hypocrite so much that we're like, well, I can't say anything or do anything until I've gotten everything perfect. Right. And, and that's, that's just silliness. Like the, the judgment that the church is filled with hypocrites is like, yeah, because <laughs> we're all here because we're trying to get better, not because we're perfect. If, yeah. if we're perfect, we probably wouldn't need the church anymore. Yeah. Uh, but it's the fact that we're trying to grow and we're trying to get better and we're, we're stretching in this. It is going to make us hypocrites because we know what we're supposed to do. Right. Even Paul talks about, right. Like, like I know, I know the good I'm supposed to do. And yet I keep doing this evil and I know mm -hmm. that this is evil. I'm not supposed to be doing it. And yet I keep doing it. Yeah. Like even Paul has this, this duality, this struggle. And so the, the struggle is real. Yeah. Um, and so you, you don't have to achieve perfection before you can then say, okay, now I can be public with this. Right. Uh, but there has to be an effort. There has to be like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm working on this area of my life. Now, if you're working on that area of your life for the next 30 years, I don't think you're working very hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry, but like at some point there should be progress. Right. And, it, and it's like, you know, maybe, maybe it's baby steps, but there still should be some movement in the right direction. Yeah, I think that's something that I don't like hearing. I really just personally don't like that phrase, the whole fake until you make it, right? <laughs> like, I don't want people to fake that they're Christians. She doesn't and like it because I use it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't like people to fake a relationship with Jesus. Right. I don't want people to fake that they, that they enjoy being at church. Right. I want them to work on it. You know, I want them to be able to to be vulnerable and say, I struggle having a devotional time. Yeah. I struggle wanting to get up in the morning and go to church on a Sunday. 
Like, I think that when you uh, are open and you are honest and you are uh, saying, okay, what can I do yeah, yeah. to make this a reality in my life? That is going to help you much more than just faking it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the reality is it's only a struggle if there's opposition. Right. If there's no opposite, if there's no tension, if there's no, I'm trying to, to do better. I know what I'm doing and I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm trying to go from here to there. If there isn't that, then it's not a struggle. You're just in the wrong. <laughs> like you, you've just, you've become married to your problem and, and you've accepted it as this is just how it's going to be. Yeah. The, the, it becomes a struggle when you say, this is how I'm living or this is what's going on in my life. And I, I know it's not right. And I'm actively pushing against it. Mm -hmm. That's struggle. Like, I mean, by definition, it's not a struggle if you just lay down and take it. <laughs> like, you're no, you're no longer struggling. You've given up. Mm -hmm. uh, and so as long as we're struggling, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. And I think that, that God is just so good. You know, he knows he our weaknesses. He yeah. know he knows our shortcomings. Yeah. And and he does that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. So yeah. that we can have help. Because yeah. he knows we cannot do it on our own. Yeah. He knows that we can have all of the best intentions and we want to get to some place, right? Yep. But we cannot do it on our own. So when we feel like this is this is not working for me, yeah. relying on the Holy Spirit, relying on people that can um be a support for you in the area that, that you are being weak is super important. And that's why faking it, to me, is not the way to go. It's not yeah. how you're going to make it. Don't pretend. Exactly, because then you just get in this cycle of just faking everything. Yeah. You know, and you, and you fake being saved, and you fake a relationship yeah. with Jesus, and you fake happiness, and you fake everything, yeah. thinking that one day it's just going to stick. But the truth is that you have to accept the things that, that you're not being good at. And I know that that's hard and nobody wants to hear or accept yep. that you are failing at something. But I think that it is in accepting that I am not good at this. Right. I am not being able to to keep track of, of my devotional time. I, I, I cannot have a, a thriving prayer, prayer life or I can't get past this sin in my life. Mm -hmm. So I need to... Pray harder about that. I need to seek the Holy Spirit's help, but I might also need somebody that can encourage me, that can yep. say, hey, uh, how have you been praying? You yep. know, how is the Bible reading? Maybe we read the Bible together for yep. a little bit or something, you know, so that, so that you can truly get to the place that you want to be in your relationship with God. Yep. It is not about faking. It's about accepting and doing something about it. Yep. Honestly, the easiest time for me to actually have a, a consistent, thriving devotional life is the times in my life when I've had an, an accountability partner. When, yep. And even when we didn't necessarily call it an accountability partner, because sometimes that sounds real churchy. Uh, but when I had a friend that I knew, hey, at, at four o'clock every day, I'm going to get a text message from them just asking me real quick, hey, what did you read today? What did you learn? Right. Like I, I got to this point where it was like, I knew that call was coming. I knew that text was coming. I knew that conversation was going to be happening. Like I, if I go one more day with, oh, I didn't read yet, but I'm going to tonight. Like I like I needed to make sure that I showed up to that with an answer and not a lie. Like mm -hmm. not, not pretending like, oh yeah, I read, you know, Jesus wept and, um, you know, that really moved, it really me. moved me. It really, you know, touched me that Jesus is in, in tune with his emotions. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually read anything that day. But I think that, uh, an accountability partner only works if you're vulnerable. Yeah. Only if you really are true. <laughs> yeah. Because you can lie yourself out of it. Yeah. You know, and say, oh yeah, no, I totally read. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you didn't. Yeah. You know, and, but I think that it, it will only, you will only reap the benefit of it yeah. if you are really committed to see results yeah, yeah. and to really use the time and the space that that person is giving you so that you can grow. Yeah. It's funny that we, when we do like coaching for like how to be an accountability partner, the last question we always have them uh, ask is, have you lied about any of the, the <laughs> have you lied in any of your responses to the, my previous questions? Like that's that's the real test of accountability because it's like, hey, uh, you know, maybe you get an accountability partner because you got a, a sin issue in your life. Hey, did you commit this sin this week? Hey, did you think about this sin this week? Did you do the thing you're supposed to do? Okay, did you lie to me about any of those responses? Like that's where accountability comes in because I I think anybody can pretend. 
right? Yeah. Uh, but our faith is made genuine in those private moments when it's it's there's there's no faking. Yeah. Uh, there's no hiding. There's no lying. It, it's just, did I or did I not? Yeah. Um, is my relationship with God real and genuine or isn't it? And I think that that's, that's where faith at home begins. Uh, and what's cool about it is then we get back to that overflow thing. Like when you have that genuine faith encounter at home, then it overflows into everything else. Yeah. And, and there's times like as a pastor, like I can look in, in, in the crowd and you can spot the people who have come with something from God and came empty. Yeah. Like you can spot the difference between the people. Like it, it, the moment worship starts, it's like, man, they're just in it. There's a joy. There's an exuberance because they've spent time this week with God. And so this is just another day. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a, you know, the they icing on practicing. top, right? It's, it's the, it's the icing on top of the cake. Um, you know, and then there's some people where it's like, it takes like two or three songs before they even realize they're in the presence of God. Uh, and it's like, yeah, you, you don't recognize it because you haven't spent enough time around it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's this old saying, what is it, uh, you know, um, uh, go seven days without prayer and it makes one week, uh, W-E-A-K instead of W-E-E-K. Um, and I, I think that, that that plays out in in church. It plays out in work. Like it's it's really easy to have faith at work if you first had faith at home. It's really easy for you to like use your gifts and serve in the church setting when you've been practicing at home, when, yeah. you've, when you've been reading at home. It's really easy to come to a life group and have something to share with the, the small group that you're in when you've been reading your Bible every day this week and God's been speaking to you and encouraging you. And so it's just, it's a, just a beautiful combination of you practice at home, you, you build up this private faith, and then it overflows into every relationship and every place you go and everything that you do. Yeah, and it, and it is just so beautiful what happens when when you have really made time for God. Yeah. You know, when you have really allowed God to to guide your life, you will see a difference, you know. And, and when you are having um, these moments of, of tension, you know, like I really want to be better in my relationship with God. I really want to get better at uh, reading my Bible. I really want to get better at praying. And you are having an accountability partner. Uh, all of those things are so helpful. But I think that there's so many people that feel shame mm, yeah. because yeah, they yeah. are not where they want to be. Yep. And, and they feel shame because, well, by this time, I should be... Yeah. In this spot with God, and I'm not. Yeah. You know, by this time, I should know so much more. Yeah. And maybe it is true. You know, maybe yeah. you have been a Christian for 20 years, and yeah. and you still know the very, very basics. Yeah. But I think that we need to just get all of that out of our head, yeah. you know, like really shaking it off. Because when you are holding on to the shame of where you think that you're supposed to be. Yeah then you don't allow yourself to grow and you yeah. don't allow yourself to seek help yep. because you are just more concerned of the optics of it. Yeah. You know, like, well, because I know that I should be here and I am expected to be somewhere and I'm not, yeah. then that just brings shame. Yeah. And, and, and then instead of um, wanting to get free from that and wanting to, to get the help, you try to hide and you try to, to give your... Sunday best smile yeah. and, and and your loudest amen yep. because you Put know that, that facade. because you think that that's what is expected yep. and and I think that we should just remove all of that from from yep. our heads like yep. there's no expectations everybody's on a different journey like we all are uh walking and going in our lives uh getting closer to God at our own pace yep. and yeah we want everybody to to run yep. but some people need to learn how to crawl and then how to get yeah. up and then how to start walking before they can get yeah. to to where you are. And the reality is I've been walking since I was two years old. I know you're amazed, right? Um, I tripped yesterday. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I know how to walk, but the, there's still moments where you stumble. There's still moments when you trip. Yeah. You know, you run up the stairs too fast and face plant. Like, it just... It happens. It yeah. happens naturally, but it also happens spiritually. And so not only do I think that uh, what you're saying there of, of uh, where I should be, that's a dangerous thing. There's also this danger in the I used to be. Yeah. Right? Like I used to have this relationship with God that was so tight and then things happen. And, and, and now there's this shame not only of not being 
in the place future wise, like where you sh- thought you should have been. But there's also this, um, this shame of, I know I'm not where I was at one point. Yeah. Uh, and I think that both of those extremes of shame can just do way more damage yes. than, than good, way more harm. Uh, and yeah. so we just got to, I don't know, what's, what's your solution for that? I think it is understanding two things. There's a difference between uh, condemnation mm-hmm. and conviction. Right. If you're feeling condemnation because of where you are spiritually, you know, like I am not where I should be or I am not where I used to be, and that is bringing me shame, that is not from God. Yeah. Because condemnation is not from God. Like it's not, it's not what God does. Yep. Because condemnation will bring you to shame, which will make you hide. Yep. And pretend and say everything is okay or just don't look at me but conviction that's the holy spirit yeah and that is a, a gentle nudge to say you're not where you should be you're not where you used to be let's do something about it yeah and when you are convicted then you will have the desire yeah to move on yeah then you will bring that you will it will bring the desire to do something about it yep. and those are two different things so if you are feeling like you need to hide and if you're feeling like you need to pretend or if you feel like it's just I am bad, everything is bad, like I knew I should have not done that, and it is in, a, in an accusatory way, yeah. that is not God, and we need to understand the difference, yeah. because that is just going to be liberated on its own, because yeah. when you feel like you are being attacked, yeah, yeah. then that is not God, God is going to point things out. Absolutely. Yep. And it's going to be uncomfortable? Yes, for sure. And, and, and honestly, if you have very thin skin, it may feel like an attack. Right. Like if you don't know, if you don't have a healthy relationship with God, then then he points out sin in your life and you're like, oh, he hates me. And it's like, no, he does that for all of us. Right. But I think that when 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 conviction comes, mm-hmm. it is one of what we call the the. It hurts good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that hurts so good. Like, like it hurts. Like it's, it's difficult. It's hard. But yeah. it's like. I needed it. I needed it. I need yeah. to move on. You know, yeah. it's like the kick in the pants to keep you fo- to yep. move you forward yep. instead of something that it is a foot on you that is keeping yep. you down and it's yep. like you're never gonna change. You're yep. ne- it's never gonna happen. You're never gonna get back to where you were with God, right. or you are never gonna grow past this point. Yeah. And then that makes you retrieve. That makes you give up. Yep. So I think that it's understanding those two and understanding that God wants to point things out in our lives because He wants yep. us to grow. So he's going to give us a conviction yep. that will just spark something in us to say, okay, we need, I need to do something. I need, yeah, I need yeah. to change something. Like, there's something that needs to give. Yeah. That is God. Yeah. If, it's, if it's just telling you you're bad, you're never going to make it, you evil person, you cannot even pray, yeah. that is not God. Yeah. It's either the devil or your own fallen thoughts. Right. What, what I've always told people is um, condemnation will shut you down. Uh, conviction will propel you forward. Yes. So when when the condemnation comes, it's the throw in the towel, give up. Mm-hmm. I'll never be beyond this. I'll never be better than this. There's no hope. Mm-hmm. I th- I feel like conviction always comes with hope. Um, that there's this 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 needle prick <laughs> that's like stabs you, and it's like oh I need I need to do something about that. Yeah. But it, it comes with this hope that you can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Right. That it's it's not hopeless. It's not how things will always be. It's not how things have to be. And it points you to God, yeah. you know, because it, 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 uh, it's making you see, like, there's, you need to do something. And, and it will always say, let's go back to Jesus, you yeah. know, like, let, let's pray about it. Like, how can you get yeah. closer to God? Like, it will always point up. Yep. Yep. And it, it leads men to repentance. Yeah. Like that's, that's the whole point of it. The conviction is to say, mm-hmm. hey, there's a thing in your life that maybe you haven't been paying attention to it. And maybe you have. Maybe you totally know that it's a wrong thing, but you're like, eh, but it feels good. Mm-hmm. Uh, conviction is there to say, hey, there's a better way. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you, you've messed up in this area, but there's a better way. Yeah. Like, follow him. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it, it is. And I think that for, for us, um, understanding that our faith is the base we need to see that the that even Jesus experienced this, you know, like he had multiple groups of people that were following him. Mm-hmm. But the Bible uh talks about two very specifically and like he he talks about how there were many people that were following him at a distance. 
you know, people that still wanted to mm -hmm. see what he was doing. Yeah. You know, they, they wanted to, to, to see the miracles, to, to hear him speak, but they weren't fully committed. Yeah. And they were the disciples, you know, the people that were like, we are with you thick and, and thin, um, whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do it. And yeah. I think that that same thing is happening today. Like mm -hmm. we have so many people in our churches that are following Jesus at a distance. Oof. You know, that, that they are saying, I come out to, on Sunday, I snap my, my Instagram post and like mm -hmm. I was at church or I went yep. to the conference, I went to to whatever special thing that happened at church. I, I was there, you know, yeah. like you're following because you still want, you still want to see what God is doing. Yeah. You still want to be a part of Jesus's life, right? Yeah. And Jesus's ministry. And you still want God to do yeah. something, but you are not fully committed yeah. to what the Bible says. Yeah. And I think that God is um, calling us, at least for us here at CLC, like we are feeling just that disturbance. Like we, like we don't want to settle in, yeah. in that, we want to be disciples. We want to really be rooted in the Word of God. Yeah. We want to do what it says. We don't just want to yeah. hear Jesus and feel good about it and, and like, oh, God is moving. Glory to God. You know, yeah. like, like things are happening. Jesus is awesome. But we also want to say, okay, God is pointing at things in my life that I need to change, so I need to do that. Yeah. You know, like God is prompting us to pray a little bit more, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. sacrifice yeah. My time and my, or like the things that I wanted to do because I need to pray a little bit more yeah. or I need to understand the Bible better. So I'm going to start studying more. Yep. Like, what is it that, that God is telling you to do so that you stop following him just from a distance and right. just kind of like looking and to really become engaged in, right. in, in what the word says that you need to do. And, and all of that sounds so extreme if you're comfortable following at a distance. Right. Right, like the, the the crowds, they came because he said things that they never heard before. It was, it was like, whoa, this is this is a new thing. Uh, they came because he was feeding people, right? Like, hey, I might give a fish sandwich. So like, <laughs> I'm following that. He, they they were following because there was miracles happening, mm -hmm. and people either want to have the miracle or they want to see the miracle because it's like putting on a good show, right? The difference though is the disciples were close enough to have a conversation. Yeah. There, there was true relationship happening there. Yeah. And, and that's the invitation that we have, that, that we would have such a closeness to God that we would have a conversation, that we wouldn't just show up at church and, and see a miracle performed or maybe even experience the miracle for ourselves or get the free food or, or whatever, but that we would press in close enough to yeah. God that we can actually have a conversation. I said that all of that sounds really extreme if you're comfortable on the outside. Uh, it, it's something we've been talking about in, in Life University in our, um, our evangelism course. Uh, but we look at Paul and we view him as this like extreme version of Christianity. Like Paul's hardcore. Like it's like, whoa, that's 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 abnormal faith, right? Mm -hmm. Like Paul gets stoned for preaching the gospel, turns around the next day and preaches the gospel. Gets arrested <laughs> for preaching the gospel, gets brought before court, gets, you know, accused of preaching the gospel, preaches the gospel in court, gets released preaches the gospel like the 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 man like he he was like one track man man he that was intense and we look at that and we're like that's extreme and then paul writes um imitate me i think it's in corinthians imitate me uh as i imitate christ yeah like i think one translation says um follow my example as i follow the example of of christ and so like in paul's view in paul's mind he's not extreme He's not abnormal. That's what we're supposed to do. This is normal. Mm -hmm. This is normal. This is what it means to be a disciple. This is what mm -hmm. it means to be close enough to God to have a relationship with him. Uh, and so we, we look at this as like, man, you know, giving up Netflix to pray more. That's extreme, man. That's wild. Like give, That's for the pastors. Right? Like give, waking up an hour earlier than you need to so you can spend time with God. That sounds like you're hardcore Christian, man. Like that's a whole nother level of Christianity. It's like, no, this is, this is like base level. Like this is, this is normal. This is what we're all called to do. Yeah. And, and, and I think that a lot of people, you know, they will say like, how dare you say I'm just following Jesus at a distance. Like, you yeah, know, it's offensive, you know, because, yeah. because we don't want to admit that we like the idea yeah. of Christianity. We like 
Jesus, Jesus is good. Like he's he's awesome. God is amazing. But I have to give up everything that I like. Yeah. Like that's that's another thing. Like, yeah. you know, there's freedom in God and there's yeah, yeah. grace in Jesus. So like I can still do things that I want to do and he's okay with me. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I feel like there has to be a difference between what we do and how we behave and how we speak and how we spend our time uh, between us and the rest of the world. Yep, 100%. You know, like there has to be a difference. Yeah. And and you will find that difference if you read the Bible. Yeah. Because yeah. the Bible is very clear. Like, I don't know why a lot of people are trying to, uh, you know, argue about like, but is this okay or is this not okay? Like the Bible tell you if it's okay or it's not okay. <laughs> You know, yeah. and and uh, we're just we, trying to justify you know, yes. our own behavior. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, so if you're reading the Bible, if you really are spending time with God, if you really are in the presence of Jesus, there is no yeah. way that you will walk away the same person. Yeah. It, the the funny thing, there's a story in the Bible. Uh, the rich young ruler wants to follow Jesus. Asks him, "Hey, what do I have to do?" He tells them all the things that the people that are following at a distance might be doing. And he's like, I've done all like, of that. I got all that. I'm good. I'm good. And then Jesus says, all right, sell everything that you have and come follow me. And he's like, ooh, I can't do that. There's a line that he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't ready to go from following at a distance to a true disciple. Because mm-hmm. the, the true disciples, the, the 12, you know, even Judas. <laughs> they left everything behind. Up, but, but they left everything. Like they, they said, yeah. okay. Like he, he said, hey, put down your nets. Come follow me. Like yeah, stop, and, uh, stop your business, stop your trade, stop all that stuff. Just come be with me for three years. Yeah. And like the Bible doesn't even say that they went back home to put everything neatly. Like, it's like they dropped them and yeah, they start yeah, walking yeah. with them. They're just <laughs> you know, like, well, like somebody else will come and clean this up for us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we're going. Yeah. It's wild. All right. So I feel like we, we've got to do almost the, the basic and I, and I hate calling it the basic because people are always looking for that deeper truth and they're like, Oh, help me really figure this out. The reality is it comes down to, are you praying? Are you reading your Bible? Are you worshiping? Yeah. Like do those three things in private on your own. Like if, if the only time you get the word of God in you is because you came to church and the preacher happened to use some verses in his sermon, uh, then that's, that's not going to cut I it. I hope that they don't happen to, <laughs> to I mean, use I'm not, some verses know, I'm not, not, not going to call Bible, out any, but, uh, any churches, but hey, maybe you know, sometimes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find, if, a, find <laughs> a biblically sound place. Yes, please. If there's no Bible in your sermon, it's not a sermon. Um Anyway, we can talk about that for a while. Um, if the only prayers you're praying are bless this food or... Or me prayers. Or, oh God, help me, uh, heal me, I'm sick, I, I woke up late, help uh, remove the traffic so that I get to work on time so my boss doesn't fire me. Uh, God, I really need this. Ra- if, if those are the only prayers you pray, that's not a relationship with God. Uh, and if the only music that plays in your house or in your car... Uh, wouldn't be appropriate to play in the church on Sunday. Eh, we need to work on those fundamentals. Yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's funny to me when when I have conversations with people because they they always want something bigger, something deeper. Like, give me the new truth, and it's like, dude, it's the it's the same foundation it's always been. Like, this is how you build your faith. This is how you build your relationship with God. It's it's the fundamentals. Yeah. It's funny. Our, our son plays a ton of soccer. Uh, and what was it a last ton of soccer. Uh, on Saturday? They had a game. It was raining. It was awful. Like it was we're, awful. we're dying out there. Um, and they had four throw ins in a row that, uh, uh, the whistle got blown. It was a penalty cause they kept missing the throw in. Like they, they kept doing the wrong thing. One kid kept picking his foot up. One kid kept turning his arms in a way that you're not allowed to. And it was like, man, they need to get back to the fundamentals of how to do a throw on. Now they won that game. Like what six to two or six to one or something like it was crazy but they got to work on their fundamentals like they're they shouldn't get the whistle blown because they don't know how to throw the ball in a christian that doesn't know how to pray doesn't know how to spend time with god doesn't know how to spend time in their bible look we got to work on those fundamentals no no judgment love you not trying to shame you but pick up your bible read it yeah yeah and and honestly like you can start where you are 
Yeah. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to start where somebody else is. Yeah. Because I think that's yeah. that's uh, our mistake sometimes. You know, like, well, you go around and you're asking everybody, like, what is your prayer <laughs> yeah. life? And they're like, well, I read the Bible for 40 minutes and then I yeah. pray for an hour and then I do a, an extra devotional at night. And then you're trying to keep up with all of that when you are struggling to even pray for five minutes. Yeah. So start where you are yeah. because when you are trying to to do the same that somebody else that has has been on this journey for a little bit longer or has been more disciplined in the journey than you have or wherever, yeah. and they are a little more advanced, you try to keep up with that, you're just going to discourage yourself. Yeah. And you're just going to think like, well, I can't. Yeah. Like, I, I guess I am not a good Christian because I can't I can't do the an hour and 45 minutes, yeah. you know? So you start where you are. Like if, if reading one chapter a day and praying for five minutes is all you can handle at the moment. Be consistent in that yep. until you build enough uh, spiritual stamina to do a little bit more yep. and then do a little bit more yep. and do a little bit more instead of just saying, well, I guess it's three hours that I'm supposed to do something and yep. I, and in five minutes I am done with all of it and I don't know what to do for the yep. next two hours and 55 yeah. minutes. Yeah. I, I love, even my, my mom shares this story and uh, my mom is just, she's kind of the spiritual powerhouse of the church, right? Like she's the prayer warrior, the intercessor, the prophet. Like, I mean, she just, if it's, if it's Holy Spirit related, it's like mama Chris, take it. Uh, but she talks about how, when she was a kid, like she, she decided she was going to pray for an hour. Uh, and she was just like, she had never really had much of a prayer life. She's like, I'm going to pray for an hour. And she talks about how she, she prayed and she's like, I prayed everything I knew to pray. I prayed every thought that came in my head. I prayed everything I possibly could. And I looked at the clock and it had been five minutes <laughs> and she's like, Oh, <laughs> this, is, this is a little harder. So like even pastor Chris, who can pray for an hour now had to start somewhere yeah. like, like all of us do. And we and all so, do pick a spot. And start and kind of like what we talked about before of, you know, the struggle happens when there's struggle, like when, like, so if, if you're, if you can only do five minutes, but you're only doing five minutes a year from now, then you didn't struggle with that. Like you, you didn't, you didn't fight for more. You didn't, you didn't grow. You didn't develop. You just became comfortable with five minute prayer life is, is my prayer life. Mm -hmm. Like, so, so what, what, what is the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying? Like, what is, what is, is he happy with what you're doing now, or does he want you to do more? And I think that a lot of people say, like, I don't, I don't know how uh, to know if God is speaking to me. Like, I don't know how, how to know if God is telling me to do something or not. And I think that uh, something that you need to do when you are in that, in that time of prayer, in that time of reading your Bible, is to, to know how you're feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, try to understand your, your own emotion when you're there, you okay. know, like, do you feel like I could probably read another chapter? Don't be like, but no, because I've been saying that just one chapter and close it. <laughs> like, you, right. you know, like you start feeling like I could probably do another one. Do it. Yeah. You know, like if you feel like, OK, my five minutes are up, but I still could pray about this. Do it. Yeah. You know, like if, if you if you did all of a sudden sat down and you're watching TV and you feel like, oh, I should probably be reading my Bible because that time sometimes Man, comes into your head. To that voice. Yeah. Then turn the TV off and read your Bible. Yeah. You know, like, like those are not just crazy thoughts. or It's not just the, the oh, that would have been nice if I, instead of doing another episode, I, I, I read yep. the Bible. If you have that thought, if you had that feeling or that, like, I should probably do this, yeah. do it. Yeah. Because that is how you start building that. That stamina, you know, yeah. that, that, that desire for more of God. Yeah. It is by listening, by, by, by uh, acting on, on the prompts of the Holy Spirit that sometimes we don't know, we don't know that that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But if you are feeling like you need to get closer to God, I can guarantee you the Holy Spirit yeah. <laughs> is the only one that is like, come on, let's get closer, let's get yeah. closer. So I think that we need to act on those things instead yeah. of just saying, well, I, I just don't know how, 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 to, how to know if it was God. Well, if it's pushing you to do more for God. It is God. You know, like yeah. if, if you're waking up in the morning on a, on a Sunday and you weren't planning to go to church and you just feel like, I should probably go to church. Yeah. Don't just dismiss it and be like, nah, it's fine. Man, I can't go tell you how many, how many testimonies I've heard from somebody that was like, you know, we weren't planning on coming in today. You know, we weren't feeling well or there was like all these things that we had to do. And I woke up and it was just like, 
I really need to go to church. And it was like, man, I had, there was such a breakthrough in my life that happened in that yeah. service. It was like, I'm so glad that I listened to the Holy Spirit. And it's like, well, yeah, we should always be very glad <laughs> to listen to the Holy Spirit because he's telling you something for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just think that a lot of people don't know that that's the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, you just think that you're just thinking about stuff. Yeah. But... That is how you start yeah. learning how to hear his voice yeah. and how to to be moved by the direction yeah. that he's trying to give yeah. you. So it is in those little things like yeah. maybe I could read more, maybe I could pray more, maybe I yeah. should uh, pray for my husband, or maybe yeah. I should pray for a friend, um, stuff like that. And when yeah. you're praying, if you if you get a, a different person in your in your head, like pray for them. Yeah. Like I legit have been praying. And then all of a sudden, I think of a celebrity for some reason, and I'm like, I guess I pray for them? Like, I don't know. Like, do they need my prayer? I don't know. But I pray for them. Like, I, if, if somebody comes in my head when I'm praying, you're going to get prayed for. Like, it doesn't matter who, who that is. Nice. I love it. <laughs> so, I, I think it, it's funny, you know, um, you, you said something. You said uh, some people just don't know. Uh, that it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. I, I think that we've almost done, like, I, I wish there was another word we could use because sometimes when we talk about the hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, we think of a voice, like like, a hello, like, a, like an audible, like, yeah. Like, so I've, I've talked to some Christians who are like, man, I never hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. And it's like, really? Like, what do you mean by that? And what they meant by that was they've never heard their voice, like the way my voice is coming through this microphone right now, they've never heard that. Yeah. It's like, me neither. Like, I'm, I'm, I haven't heard an audible voice in that way. Now, I've, I get, there have been times when it's it's feels so loud. And this is where it's like language fails me because it's like, there, there was just, it was so loud. Well, no, like loud's not the right word. It's just, there was so much intensity to it that it was like, there was no mistaking this thought was coming from the Holy Spirit. There's been other times when it's just like this gentle whisper, right? Again, language is failing because it's not an actual whisper. It's just this kind of like subtle, like it's like, you know, it wasn't, it didn't disrupt my whole day. It was just kind of this subtle, like you need to do this. And what, what I love is that scripture tells us to test everything, mm -hmm. right? And so if you've got this voice, whether it's that little whisper or that loud shout, um, test it, right? Like, okay, I, th I think God's wanting me to do this. Okay, do it. What are the results? Mm -hmm. Like, what happens? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, a um, um, month ago, or, or maybe a little bit more, I uh, when we started Life University, we have here at our church classes. They're just biblical classes uh, every Tuesday night. And it was our very first session of it. And I just was thinking, like, <laughs> you know, like I, I, it's the Holy Spirit, obviously. But it was just one of those that, like, in passing, I just thought, I should buy this set of uh, of uh, highlighters for this person and bring him next week so that she can highlight things for her classes. <laughs> Such a random thought. Such a random buy thought. Buy highlighters for this person that we're barely on a first name basis with. Yes. So, and like, I mean, you know, such super loving and kind person. And I was just like, okay. So I did it. I brought him the next week. And I just felt like, you know what? I'm going to write her a note just to say, you know, like, I hope these highlighters bless your life. <laughs> God's <laughs> using okay, highlighters you now. Know? And uh, I wasn't a part of that of that class, so I was in a, in a different part of the building. Um, when I saw her after all of the classes were done, she was telling me how she was feeling that specific day. Uh, like, like she just wanted somebody to love her, like the, the, somebody to just you know show her love. Yeah. And then when she got there and she received this gift from me she just felt the love of god yeah. and i didn't plan any yeah. of that it was a random you should buy her a highlighter for her to highlight her class <laughs> like i didn't even know if she liked highlighters so do you use highlighters <laughs> i don't know you know so, <laughs> you know so it's just, i love the randomness of it. it it was just super random yeah. um uh i um we were making notes because our uh, the teacher my my daughter's teacher asked us to to write notes for our children. Mm -hmm. And um, so we made notes for, for her for the end of the school. And I just felt like, you know what? Let's write one for the teacher. Like, so that the teacher also knows that we appreciate everything that she's been doing with Kelsey. Mm -hmm. And uh, we sent her a, a note with a gift card. 
And I was just like, well, you know, like, that was nice. So she wrote Kelsey a note back just saying, thank you, Kelsey, and I love you and stuff. And Kelsey was opening it and she read the, the, what the teacher wrote to her. And she started crying. Like she couldn't even keep on reading. She was crying. And she was just saying like, this is so encouraging. Like I just felt loved. I didn't know that me writing a letter to the teacher was right. going to result in my child feeling loved. Right. And that that day she needed to feel loved. Yeah. By somebody was, other than just mom and dad. Yes. Yeah. So, so you know, you don't know how just attending to this little like, I should probably do that, yeah. uh, <laughs> can actually lead to something, yeah. you know? So I, I, always, I always try to act in my, I should, yeah. because I should. Yeah. Okay, so we totally don't have time to get to all these other conversations <laughs> that I was wanting to do, because this is great. We this, talk is, this, too much. Is, this is the danger of you and I in a room together. Um, but I do want to ask uh, kind of final, final three questions um, to make this practical. How do you... Pray. How do you read your Bible? How do you engage with worship privately? Like, what does that look like? One tip, one advice, one thing that you're doing that that maybe somebody listening would be like, "Ooh, let me try that." Do what works for you. No, no, no. We've already talked about that. We were no, we no, no. We no, but listen. That. No, but listen. <laughs> okay, tell, tell I me. grew up hearing people say, you have to wake up at five in the morning to pray. <laughs> you will have to wake up at three in the morning to pray all over your house. And, you know, all of this yeah. stuff, you know, like the very first thing that you do, it's, 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 it's pray, you know. And I do believe that, that you have to thank God for your day as, as mm-hmm. you open your eyes. Yeah. Like, absolutely. But I always tried and failed. To wake up at six in the morning, at five in the morning, and have my full devotional then. Yeah, no, you're not alive until you've had your coffee. I am not alive until like noon. (laughs) So for me to actually read the Bible and pray when I was doing it then, I was fighting to stay awake. I was not alert. I was not getting anything out of the Bible. I was reading it. But if you could ask me, what do you read today? I will be like, I have no clue. I was trying to stay awake. So do what works for you. You know, I think that that a lot of us uh, are trying to just follow formula Mm -hmm. because we think that that formula is the magic formula. And I don't think that that's where it's at. Like you have to, to read your body. You have to understand what works for you and do that. For me, I, uh, when, when my kids were little, uh, I was uh, having my devotional time at like 9, 10 in the morning after I had fed them and everybody's quiet, everybody's sitting, and then I was awake and I would read my Bible and drink my coffee and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, like right now, I try to do it more towards nighttime yeah. because everything is kind of calm. Like I realize I'm a little more alert at nighttime, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's times that everybody's already upstairs getting ready for bed and I am downstairs cleaning the house and listening to worship music, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm over here crying while washing dishes, <laughs> you know, because I, I, am, I am having my moment. So you do what works for you yeah. because that is where, where you're actually going to be consistent because I try waking up at five, six in the morning for years and I will yeah. do it for two days and I'm like, it's happening again and then I will feel like I will feel bad again and I will feel shame because I, I'm not doing it so I'm gonna try again and it was always the same thing yeah. so I finally realized this is not gonna work for me I am not a morning person waking up at that time and trying to actually get something from God it's not it's not happening this yeah. way so I had to adjust and yeah. I had to do it in a way that it actually works for me I, I love that disclaimer I'm still going to ask. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's a beautiful disclaimer. And, and I, I 100% agree with all of that. Do what works for you. But yes. for somebody that's like, I don't know what works for me. And try I would different like to, things. I would like to try something. I would like to try what soul does. <laughs> try different things. I'm telling things. you, I'm coming. I'm coming I'm, I want, I want I don't, answers. I don't want to give a formula. Soul. But like, like for me, like I honestly, like I, I read my Bible at night. I do my, my, uh, my prayer time. 
And and your your nightly devotion. You're using U version. I do the U version. I use the the um, chronological. Is what I you're do doing chronological. This uh, what is the name of it? The uh, Bible recap. Okay. So I love it because uh, it takes you chronologically. And it comes with a podcast. So it is really, really interesting because you, you read your portion for the day on the on the Bible app. And then you go to, well, I use Spotify for it, but I go to Spotify and I listen to the podcast that goes with, uh, with, that, with that day. You know, and they also have it in written form. If you like to just read stuff, you don't want to be hearing anybody. Uh, you can actually do it uh, reading as well. Nice. Um, the the what the podcast will be in like yeah, yeah. you know um, but I like it because it kind of highlights um, the characteristics of God throughout that passage. Nice, you know, so just it's, trying it's to find beautiful. God. You're trying to find God where where this is happening. You know, yeah. like you read Leviticus and you're like, okay, I I, I don't understand. You know, <laughs> but then you when you actually hear somebody explain not just what is happening in the text that you just read, but also how can you find, like she called it the God shot, you know, like okay. what was your God shot today? You know, like where do you see God at work? Nice. Then you you start understanding things a little bit different. Like you, you yeah. see like, oh God, I see God as the redeemer. You know, I mm -hmm. see God as, as somebody that wants to forgive. So you start seeing the, the, the passages differently. It is yeah. not just like, a bunch of animals being sacrificed right. and all of these measurements that mean nothing to me, but you start looking for God in what you're right. reading. So I love it. I, it's I, a God I, of details and a God of order when you're reading all this genealogy or all this yes. measurement. Yeah. yeah. That's so, awesome. so, so, it has what, been, so what's it called? It's uh, the Bible recap. The Bible recap. I like By that. Ter Terrell Lee Cabell. Nice. It's, it's a, I really, I've been liking that uh, a lot this year. That was the, 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 the one that I tried this year. Okay. Uh, you know, like I tried to, I, I never listened to... Um, secular music, uh, secular music. I don't know how you say it. Just regular music, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I only listen to Christian music, and that doesn't mean just worship music, right? You know, like I, I like rock. I like, you know, I need, yeah. I need my upbeat, borderline screamo music. <laughs> that is, that's, that's my happy place. And I don't think anybody listening to this right now is like, yeah, that makes sense for soul. <laughs> no, like give me, give me sky, give me all of that. Yeah. Uh, Soul's so, favorite happy place was the mosh pit uh, when when she was younger. Absolutely, yes, please. <laughs> uh, so, so now I I don't listen to to worldly music, I guess, uh, like secular music, how we call it. Um, I listen only to Christian music. So I find bands that are. Uh, that are that for me, but mm -hmm. I also listen to a lot of, of worship music. So mm -hmm. it's when I'm in the car, that's what I'm listening to. When I am cleaning the house, as a good Mexican, you know, like you always have to have music playing while you clean. <laughs> uh, so it's always it's, it's always Christian music. When I'm when I am preparing um, anything on my computer, like I always have music playing. Like I love music. Worship just kind of flows around you. Yes. While you're doing so everything. I always I'm trying to be surrounded with music that. That, that it is Christian in nature because uh, I've noticed that when I try to listen to something else, there's just something that doesn't feel right inside of, mm. in, inside of me. Like, yeah. it's just like, that's not, yeah. that's not it. Like, that's not what I should and be saying. And that's and, personal conviction for, for right. both of us. It's not, not to shame anybody that no. likes listening to Beyonce or whatever. Um, you know, it's it's personal conviction for us. Yeah, like I want to make sure that everything you know, like the Bible says, everything that comes that comes in. You know, yeah. so so I I want to make sure that what I am putting in is is something that is gonna edify me. That is right. that is at least gonna keep me centered right. in what I want to be centered. You is know, it point me towards Jesus. Yeah, know? yeah. So so that's that's what I do. Like okay. my 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 music is usually just Christian and and there's times that I just listen to worship music and kind of sing along while doing other things and there's times that while you're doing that it just hits. Yeah. You know, and 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 then you just just in the moment. Like yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I have put my my stuff down and just raise my hands or yeah. start jumping around because you know like you're just full of yeah. joy or whatever. Uh and so for you, most of that is Spotify? Yeah. And you, you curate some playlists for yourself, depending on the mood I or, or whatever? I have so many, so many, so many playlists. <laughs> it's, 
I have it in English and Spanish and mixed and yeah. all, all kinds of things. Yes. I love it. She actually put together a playlist for me based on songs that while we were driving, I was like, oh, I like this song. She would just add it to this Brent approved playlist. Yes. But then you started adding some songs that I didn't approve. Because then I was like, well, I'm listening to his playlist and I like this song. Uh, my kids, uh, his, Brent's car has... Um, this mode for driving that is called sports mode. Yeah. And my kids always want sports mode when we're like an open road because uh, it goes faster and they just think that it's super fun. Yeah. And um, they always like to listen to like crazy loud music. Yeah. So I created a playlist called sports mode. <laughs> like it just, <laughs> we're going in sports oh mode, we're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just all of that. It's just, just fun. Uh, and, as, and as far as prayer, I honestly, pray all the time yeah but i don't know that i can tell you that i just go and spend 20 30 minutes at once right. like i think that i am i pray when i wake up i pray before i go to bed you know i uh, if i have uh something that happens during the day i i stop immediately and start praying yeah you know like i i have developed that constant communication more than just uh yeah you know, and that's something that I'm that I'm working on because I do want to have a a devoted a devoted time of just yeah. prayer. But I, at this point right now, I I pray all the time. Like I am always praying. Like you know, yeah. like just talking. There's times that my kids are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I was just praying. Stop yeah. it." <laughs> no, and as your husband, I can I can confirm. Uh, you know, she's not just saying this for a podcast. Like this is. You know, we'll have so many conversations that involved, well, I was praying earlier today. Yeah. Uh, or, man, I was I was just thinking about this person, so I stopped and I prayed for them. And, and I don't think there's a day that goes by that that you aren't engaging in prayer throughout the day. Yeah, and if I tell somebody, uh, if somebody tells me, pray for me, I pray in exactly right in that moment. Yeah. And I say, I pray for you. Yeah. Instead, of, instead of saying, I will pray for you. Yeah. I said, I already pray for you. Yeah. I, I actually adopted that myself because I found myself lying way too often. Uh, <laughs> unintentionally. Where it's like somebody tells me something like, I'll oh, pray I'll, for you I'll and pray you forget for about it. And I forget all about it. And then they come to me and they're like, thank you so much for praying. God did this. And I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> I, uh, yep. I didn't even say a word of yeah. prayer for that thing. I'm so sorry. Um but I'm glad God answered the prayer that I didn't pray. <laughs> Hopefully he called other people besides me. <laughs> he knows me. my heart. <laughs> yeah, he knew my heart. Uh, but yeah, no, like for me, the, my, my go-to verse is the pray without ceasing. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, okay, what does that literally look like? Like, so pray without ceasing. Does that mean that every word out of your mouth is prayer? No, but pray without ceasing. Uh, I had a friend that, uh, no, he wasn't a friend. It was a kind of, he was part of the same program that I was in. Um, but he had this whole policy where he never closed a prayer with Amen. Because he's like, no, I'm, I'm having a conversation with God all day long. So why would I end it? Keep the tab open. Right? Like, I'm like, that's just so, like, that's a little bit weird to me. Like, it's a little, little over the top, a little extreme. But I got the heart behind it. And it was like, you know what? I like that. I like this idea that, like, my conversation with God isn't coming to a close. Like, maybe this this conversation, but we're going to keep keep talking. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what that's what I do. And that's what I, I try to have my kids do, mm-hmm. um, you know. Yep. And we've done a lot of things with our kids. We've done like the soap books, yes. uh, scripture, observation, application, prayer, mm-hmm. soap. It's uh, how you read your Bible. Uh, we've had them do prayer journals and, and other things. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of practical stuff in here. There's so much more I wanted to talk to you about, but we were totally out of time. Uh, yeah, but fine. thank you for finally giving me some practical. It's not like I didn't want it to. I was just, I want to make sure that, you know, everybody's yeah. doing what works for them because yeah. I know growing up, I always felt like this is the way that you're supposed to do it. And yep. if you don't do it this way, you're not doing it right. Right. And the more that, then, um, that I get close to God and realize that we all are different. And yeah. even the way that we learn is different. Yep. Some people can do the whole audiobooks and you then you just listen to the Bible and you get yeah. so much out of just listening. That's, I have I have I have the Bible um on the Bible app and I do have it read it to me. But I still have to be reading it. Yeah. Like I am literally listening to it and reading it at the same time because I can like if you just read it to me I get nothing out of yeah. it. 
Yeah. But I like the dramatization of the yeah. voices. I was like, oh, I like, I like that's, yeah. how, that's how David would have said it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, and what I, what I love is like, it's the, it's the reality. It's the truth of some people, formulas and systems, that's their love language. Like, like give me the formula because I can, I can thrive in a formula. And some people are more like you where it's like, give me the free form. Like, let me, let me figure out what works for me. And, and literally, yeah. like what works for you may be the formula. And right? it can be, uh, and you can have a formula it is completely different to my formula right exactly yeah. you know and that's yeah. what is gonna work and if you try to attach to mine yeah. it's not gonna do anything for you yeah like I, I still use the tabernacle prayer as my formula for prayer mm -hmm. uh, it just it, it makes sense for me it clicked for me one day where it was just like I, I can visualize this which means I don't get bored I don't get lost I don't mm -hmm. forget what I'm praying about and it keeps me focused on the right things it, it keeps my prayers from becoming uh, oh God, help me with this day. Um, you know, keep this stress thing out of my life. Heal me in this area. Uh, provide for me. That, and all my prayer is just me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. Right. So like that formula works for me. Now the person that I got that formula from, they pray that formula for like three hours every day. I can't do that. Like I just, I don't have that in me. So even, even though there's a formula that I'm adopting, I still have to adapt it for my personal use. Right. So, Yeah. All right, faith at home, faith in the private. Yeah, I love it. It starts with you, so that you can spread it everywhere else. Yep. It's but all if you about don't have, but if you don't have it in you, there's nothing yep. that is gonna go anywhere else. Yeah. What do we say? You can't give what you don't have. Absolutely. Right. So that relationship with God starts at home, starts in the private, starts when nobody's watching, uh, and then it overflows and everything else. I love it. It's beautiful. Well, hopefully you got some practical help uh, today from this podcast. Love to see you next week as we're talking about faith in your free time. Uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. So we'll see you there.